The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Media Match. A roundtable of Cowboys insiders. Dropping wisdom. And offering sizzling takes. On the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Here we are, Media Mash. Good to see everybody here. Clarence Hill back for day two. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Got John Machota. Oh, by the way, Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star Telegram. John Machota of The Athletic is here. And Nick Eatman of DallasCowboy.com. The originator. You guys know Nick was the first web writer for any major professional sports team here in America. I've heard this. You know that, right? In America? In America. I know America. Pro yeah. smart big folk. Big I, big I was cold. here when he when he when he when he got the call up. Yep, and you I, actually I, talked to me. Yeah, I, I did talk nice. to you. I, I was Unlike I talked others. to you before. I, I was here when he got the call up at Wichita Falls. Right. Met him at training camp, became fast friends. He was on the he was on my football team, you know. Yeah, we were on that media team. And 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 you know, his first claim to fame though. Oh no. This, I'm really worried about this. His first be. came to flame. What? what? Came, his first claim to fame when he got here, when he when we knew really he made it, about it now. When, when we knew he made it, when we knew he was really part of the Cowboys family. Oh my God! If you do this, do it. You know Clarence. Go ahead, dog. He got right. to, he got to take one of Jerry's grandsons to the bathroom. Oh, see, see, it's so wrong. You've <laughs> never I taken this to the air. I think it was gonna go there. <laughs> he got to take one. Never of, let the facts get get in the way of a good story. I didn't take him to the bathroom. Took him inside. <laughs> To the bathroom. To Maryland. <laughs> I thought we was talking. With you. It's all, it's I think, all, that, it's I think there the needs past. to be a little bit more explaining done here. The way you're just leaving here. Like, okay, like, so like, we're on the, we're on the track at a practice. I mean, I know the story. This is for the listeners. I've never please. heard it. I've never heard this. Because it's, it's actually a fabricated I story, just, but that's okay. Just remember, Clarence, it's, it's, it's all good. It's creative liberties here. As, as I've always said. This man's funeral, there are going to be a lot of folks to get up here. I know I'm going to tell four or five stories about you when it's, when it's your funeral, man. It's, uh, my, my daughter not let anybody speak. Okay. No, we're going to speak. No, no. <laughs> we got some stories to tell. Uh, we, got, we, got some, we got some stories to tell. That's how we're playing. I mean, we're, we're not playing. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just Sorry, listen. That's not a listen. Deal. It's not a big deal. I know you it's not a big deal. the story. I, they don't do the media. You weren't here, but they used to have a little media tournament back in the day, a little flag football. And I remembered in Wichita Falls, the last year Wichita Falls, when they ran the wheel route, <laughs> Babe Laufenberg hit Daryl Johnston. They won. And I just remember somebody who complained and complained and complained. Clarence got called for spearing. In flag football, he also he also scored about two three touchdowns in the game. So let's let's if you're gonna tell a record, tell it tell it all. If you're gonna tell yeah. some, tell yeah. it all. Did, yeah, I did that. You didn't with that last story about the bathroom. Thing. I did tell it all. <laughs> no, you really didn't. Really. So what Pretty happened to the media? Day, the it was weekend. sponsored by Miller Lite. Uh, what happened to it? Though? I think it's there was still a sponsor. <laughs> it was it was sponsored by Miller Lite, and what they does just, that it was part do? of what is that part of the story? Yeah, he, he wants to know what, what happened to it. Why, why don't, I don't we do think, it? Any, I, we don't do it anymore. They don't. Yeah, well, Miller Lite is still around. I mean, like, what does that? But mean? I don't think the marketing team is is, is wanting to do that anymore. I think it was the fact that we did it three times. There was about four near fights, um, and it was. Did you call out Mickey? No, but I mean, no. Okay. We could do that on Mickey's story. I mean, on Mickey's show, you could. Yeah, 
I'm just saying. I mean, there's there was a lot of fights. There was a lot of issues. It was it wasn't worth it. It wasn't okay. Did a lot he, of injuries. We can't. Didn't trip rookie? We, we can't act right. Boom. Enough said. Enough said. Okay. Did, did Mickey trip rookie? Well, you could talk to Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just had locker room at 1:30 today, right here at the Star. <laughs> Lost a lot of viewers there. <laughs> get them back. Yes, let's get them back. Um, Kayvon Turpin. Uh, spoke to the media. Uh, I got to hear a little bit of it. Machota, you were there. Clarence, you were there. Um, Nick, I don't know if you were there or not. A little I, bit. I, I, heard, okay. I heard some of it. Yeah, okay. yes, yes. Like I saw you guys over there at the other end. I was trying to get some stuff in with Jordan Lewis. But he's officially number nine now. He is. He is. And and for all the Romo fans out there, he made it clear that he did not ask, didn't for, ask for nine. It. it was given to him by the team. So just wanted to clear that up. Uh because I thought he he would want it, not because anything with Romo. It's that most guys, like especially if you're like a wide receiver, or you're a back or something like that, you want a a single digit number. Who wouldn't want a single digit? I guess if you're a smaller guy like that, maybe he wanted a double digit. But he said he didn't ask for nine. They gave it to him. Uh, the other thing though is about him is I'm just intrigued by like obviously we know he's a good returner, but wh- how much is he going to be part of the offense? And so he kind of says, yeah, I mean I'm going to be out there for some for some things, but not just I'm not just going to be out there as a decoy. And, 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 you know, that some of that will be part of it, but I'm also going to be part of, you know, the offensive play. And so I'm interested to see how that is because no one's telling us exactly what, how he's going to be utilized there. Um, and then the other thing with him, though, too, is when you think that teams are going to try and kick it away from him, punt it away from him. And he said that they've been working on that and he's expecting teams to punt it towards the sideline so he can't make a big return. He said they've been working on that uh, quite a bit. And I don't know, anytime you're around him, he's just, He's got tons of confidence. Like he, he really thinks that he can take every single time he touches the ball, he can take it to the house. He's already won. Then I mean, the Cowboys have already won. If that is really going to happen, because if you kick it right down the middle and you miss a punt, miss a punter misses it like ten yards. Well, it's still going to probably go forty-seven yards, whatever. You just didn't angle it right. If you try to kick it out of bounds and you miss ten yards out of bounds, it could be a twenty-two yard punt, and the Cowboys are starting at midfield. I mean, just the threat of do, trying to get it out of his hands could, could lead to good field position, even if he does get it and gets a good return. So I think they've already won there. Stay, stay with something that you guys talked about on the break when Brian Bros talked about. Tampa's got a new punter. And they got a rookie punter out here, so this is going to be his first game under the bright lights here. And Ford, yeah, gotta, and just just the whole, that. just that prim. Okay, now I got one more thing to think about here. Don't don't kick it to number nine. Don't don't give it to number nine here. So, but you know, Hester had a Hall of Fame career, right? I mean, do I mean he was he was a badass from day one. You can't just always kick it away. I mean, like you, you have to. Good returners still find a way. They still find a way to give him the ball. I don't think you can do it. Completely. No, and 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 we, you know, we talked to Fossil the other day, and you know, on kickoffs, they're not automatically going to say if he goes in the end zone, he's he's going to do a touchback because you have a dynamic receiver. I mean, returner. He said there's a going to be times where he's going to take it out deep. You know, because they believe in him. You know, it obviously depends on game situations, how deep it is. But there's a chance it could be two or three yards deep, and he brings it out. And he also said, you know, it, it, it is tough trying to kick the ball out of bounds. You know, Brian Anger got cussed out, literally cussed out in the uh, preseason finale because the Cowboys wanted him to kick every ball out of bounds or kick it on the sideline because their guys were tired. It was the last preseason game. They, didn't, they, they wanted to rest their special teams guys, and he didn't. Because it's not easy. It's, easy. it's easier said than done. It's easier to say, hey, I'm going to angle and kick it out of bounds. Well, 
first two times, he was trying to do that, and he kicked it down the middle. And he comes to the sideline and gets cussed out. He said, he, you know, we were talking to Foster, he said that Anger said that I've never had so much pressure in my life getting cussed out over Priest's game over not kicking the ball out of bounds. <laughs> so, yes, everybody can have a plan to, yes, we're going to kick it away from kicking out of bounds. That doesn't mean it's going to go that way. So he's going to have opportunities. Being used in the offense, my first thought comes into, please let it not be the Tavon Austin usage. When Tay Tay mm. would come out there, everybody knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Can they? Can, can Kellen Moore get creative with this so he's actually not running the same play and everybody knows, oh, there he is. And, and... Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, he's, he's going to have to. I mean, but first things first, you know, everyone's looking, you know, for the Tony Pollard packages too. Like that, that's the first thing we were supposed to see that this off season. So uh, I'd like to see some of that, but yeah, it, 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 the same thing goes with Pollard. Like gadget players don't really work. You've got to show you can do the, the conventional stuff every now and again. Like Tyreek Hill wouldn't be Tyreek Hill if he couldn't just run real routes and go deep and run over the middle and, and, and be a receiver. And then he can do all this other stuff. But if you, if that's all you can do, then no, I mean, there's too many, Defensive coordinators that stay up till four in the morning and get up at six in the morning so they can see just that and and I, it wouldn't work if is if he if he isn't you know more than just a one trick pony and, and I don't think we would be talking about this if Cavante Turpin's on last year's team because you have Michael Gallup you have Amari Cooper you have C D Lamb you're not talking about oh what are they going to do but it's because of what the roster is we have to talk about Cavante Turpin being somewhat of an impact potentially on offense because. We just don't know enough about these wide receivers. I don't. I don't care how many snaps you watched at the Chargers practice or at the Broncos practice. That's still not live game reps, and we've seen nothing from the starters in the preseason. So you really don't know. So you're just trying to make your best observation from what you've seen from those practices and go, hey, this is what I could see them doing out there on the field Sunday night. You know, this was last year's team. Turpin would not be wearing number nine. Taylor Smith would. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. <laughs> Taylor Smith. <laughs> Taylor Smith. <laughs> I mean, coming to the season, that's what that was Jalen Smith's number, Scarlett's number. Remember all the hoopla? Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember <laughs> well. I, I didn't know why that was being brought back up, but okay. <laughs> you brought up last year's So team. is it a good look? You brought up about the dynamics uh, of last year's team. I was talking team. about last year's offense, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and this swipe is, that answer right out of here. Swipe? Swipe tell, on swipe. I tell you what, you're, you're putting the show in the ditch here. Like, <laughs> this is humor. Stop it. I mean, come oh, on. We all... I bet you people are just roaring at home listening to this. <laughs> I mean, all the talk of Jalen wearing oh. number nine last year. That reminds me, though. It wasn't, about the, it wasn't just story. about wearing it. It was <laughs> I, about paying to wear it. This reminds me, next time I want to go that route and tell a story on you, I can maybe do that. So I I'm guess, sorry. I was I'm, thinking about, I, I, I'm about sorry. you driving in Oxnard. So. I'm sorry, Nick. Oh, oh. Just, all right. I was talking yeah. to Jordan Lewis. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I just wanted to seek him out. Spend a little bit of time. Oh, I, didn't, I, didn't spend, I didn't spend the whole amount of time in the locker room because I had to get in here and do, uh, do the player signs. But I went up to Lewis and I just want to check in. All right. Where are you at? You know? How are you feeling? So Jordan Lewis here, a guy we're thinking is going to play in a slot. And he says he feels good. Did the most he's done. And he thinks he can play. And I said, so how does that work? You tell them you're good to go. Is Britt Brown doing it? How does it go? And he's like, you know, it's, it's a little collaboration. But he says he's ready to go. And then he said, hey, look, you know, if I'm not there, we got Deron Bland. I said, okay. So he's talking about Bland. Bland's another person that mm -hmm. was, you guys were talking about mm -hmm. on the break. And I just said to myself, I've not heard anyone talk about Kelvin Joseph. And I watched Kelvin Joseph walk by before Zeke came out here. Uh, one. Do you see Jordan Lewis playing? And two, 
Where are we at on Kelvin Joseph on this football team? Where does he stand in your mind? Well, I definitely think Jordan Lewis is going to play. He's said that ever since he sustained the hamstring injury. But to your point, I could see him maybe having less snaps than he would normally have. And I guess my answer kind of ties in with with the Joseph thing. I I bet we would be talking about Joseph more if Jerron Bland didn't have – the training camp that he did. I mean, I I don't know. I wasn't expecting a ton from him. And every time you saw him out there, he would he was just really solid. Would make plays. I'm not saying he had any. It's not you're not going to confuse him with Trayvon Diggs. But for a rookie, you're just like, damn, you can count on this guy week one if you need him. And I certainly from you know when you talk to people within the organization, they feel the same exact way. Like he just went from being. I went into camp thinking this is probably your number six corner, and leaving camp, I don't know how you would have him anything other than your four corner, uh, number four corner. So. If it wasn't for him, I think Calvin Joseph's your number four corner and, and, and probably should be. He's a second-round pick from a year ago. Everybody talks about that year one to year two leap. This should be when he's making that leap. Uh, but, again, from what I've seen from the preseason and training camp, I, just, I don't think it's close. I think clearly Jerron Bland has played better. Right, and I think where Joseph plays on Sunday is on special teams. If, if he does play, and he's, and he's cleared coming back from the concussion, I think you know that's, that's one thing that – you know, that coaches will say, I've heard a lot, is that he was surprisingly good on special teams as a rookie. I think surprisingly because he just didn't do it a lot in college. Didn't finish seasons a lot in college either, but, I mean, he just didn't He didn't play it. He was he was the top corner. He didn't play a lot of special teams. He actually did. He was willing, and he did it a, a pretty good job. So I think when it comes down to backup receiver, backup corner, backup anything, I think that's where Bones Fossil comes in play, and I think he's going to play on special teams. Well, I mean, Joseph. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it because C.J. Goodwin's out there, and and how many cornerbacks do you have active? You know, obviously it depends on how many receivers you have active, and and and, and so that may play a role in those numbers. But if you look at where they are, you know, is he a better special teams player than Wright? Yeah, you know, and and because if Jordan Lewis is active, you know, he practiced today, and you know, well, he was limited, but you know, he's getting back to the close to that because Deron Bland's going to be active. I, I I see him being active. Yeah, right? he has to be. You know, so and, where do you put Joseph? Where does he fit? And that was my next question to you guys. Is Joseph going to suit up on Sundays, uh, this Sunday in your mind right now? I mean, just, just nobody's told us anything, but just based on what we're seeing right now, is number one in a hat and a T-shirt watching this game? I mean, it's certainly possible. I don't, you can't rule it out. I mean, I, I understand people will talk about the off-the-field aspect of it, but when he's been on the field, there just haven't been enough plays to where you're like, well, we got to make sure that he's suited up so he can play. Like I saw Jordan Lewis be taken out of that running with the ones and Jerron Bland go in there and he played pretty well, you know? So I, I, I can see that that could fit right away. I don't know where, yeah, obviously if Trayvon went down, you're going to need Kelvin Joseph, yeah. you know, but, uh, and I think that would probably be your biggest reason why he will be active is because you have to guard against if you do have an injury to one of your other corners because I, I think if, if if they had a lot of injuries at corner I think Mokwamu would probably play corner before Goodwin I mean that's what I I, I just I don't think they view him as a corner really yeah. I mean that, I've seen him working with Michael Gallup covering him off to the side and when the corners were doing other things you right. know like he's a special teams guy really yeah. so I I think the big question is is that who's better between Joseph and, and Nashawn Wright who, yeah. who 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 do you take to the game I don't think they can take both to the game yeah I would take Joseph I think Joseph I think so has shown too. more and and there was just something about that preseason where it's uh it's one of those things especially especially week one uh, I said this when I was watching some of those preseason games I was like man these 
two, three quarterbacks on, on these teams' depth charts are immediately going after right. As, as soon as they get out there, they're taking shots to right, and some of them were connected immediately. What do you think 12 is going to do for the Bucks if if Nashawn Wright gets in the game? He's going to it's not even going to be about what play is being called. It's going to be like, "All right, where is he at?" and he's going to throw at him every single time. Yeah, the guy from Denver did that pretty well. Um, let's hit our first break here. Uh, Clarence asked Mike McCarthy a question today about running backs. Let's dive into that with Nick Eatman, John Machota, Clarence Hill. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Media Mash. <laughs> Here at the Star where the Cowboys are preparing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh-huh. on NBC's Sunday Night Football. John Machota from The Athletic. Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Mike McCarthy, 0-2 as the Cowboys head coach on season openers. So we'll see if he can get his first one there. Today at the press conference, um, Clarence Hill, you asked Coach McCarthy about the running back situation. Take it from there. Yeah, I asked him about the running back situation. There's so much talk about you know, Zeke's legacy, Zeke's career, and, and, and how they're going to play him this year. But, you know, also the use of Tony Pollard and the plan to use Tony more in the past. You know, 
it was always Zeke's the hammer, Tony's the change of pace. You know, when we, you know, we give Zeke three series, give Tony one series, and it's a change of pace. Well, this year the plan is not to be a change of pace. It's for them to be a tandem, you know, to split the carries and running back more so than be a change of pace. So I just, you know, I asked him, trying to get some clarification. That's the same thing of um, uh, Kellen Moore the other day. But, you know, is is this going to be a true tandem more so than a change of pace? And he said, we view them both as number one running backs. We, we view them both as three down backs. And this is a tandem. Yeah, I mean, I view them as both capable of being number one backs. But when the games are played, Zeke's going to be out there more. Because, and this is even, this... <laughs> Zeke's got to be out there because they're going to need his help blocking. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, we, we you can say all the positive stuff you want about how guys are, you know, the offensive line might be looking. These They're going to need Zeke to be out there to block. And also, I just, Zeke is still going to be their bell cow go-to back. I just will not believe it until I actually see well, them go out there and, and play wanted... Tony Pump. Now, could they bring out more packages where they're both on the field at the same time? Sure. As long as Zeke's healthy, Zeke is there. Well, well, the problem is, certainly the problem with, with many Cowboy fans and, and watchers of the Cowboys is Tony Pollard had five touches in that playoff game last year. And we yeah. know that, you know, in that, that offense needed juice and, and right. everything else. Who you, got you, the he, ball? Because, I mean, CD didn't get it. Cooper didn't Cedric, get it. He no, didn't get exactly it. who the Fournieres wanted them to get the ball. A lot of Cedric Wilson, a lot of Dalton Schultz. But, like it was to stay away from Amari that's, and CD. That's different when the receivers, but you can do something about Tony getting the ball. Right. Okay. Yeah, you absolutely. you can decide we're gonna put him in the backfield and give him the ball. Right. And and so coming into this season, that's certainly been much of the talk in training camp. Yes, it's cute that we're gonna use him as as a slot receiver and, and do some of those things with him. But are you gonna use him as a running back? Okay. And that's the only way that that's this is gonna work. Is that and I've said this a hundred times, but Pollard has to run the ball up the middle on third and one. He has to, and Zeke has to catch a, a pass out in the flat or something to sweep to the outside. Not every time, but the, the, you have to be able to keep him honest that way because you can't just say, all right, they're both in. Pollard, you know, who's going out here and Zeke's coming up here. I mean, they, they got to be able to flip it and, and be, you know, be backs that can be, do both things. Well, you know, they talked about that. The last question Mike McCarthy answered today was that question about the how they've struggled in the red zone last year. How important was it that, you know, you guys didn't run the ball well? How much of that was a factor? And he acknowledged that not being able to run the ball, that re- that's where it really hurts you was in the red zone because you have to. Because your point, like he said, you got to be able to run it. When everybody in the stadium knows you have to, you can run it. The only thing I'll throw in here, though, is you say about him, him, uh, Pollard having to get that. I'm just wondering if we're going to see. him Emmett. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Okay. No, I, the only, only thing will be interesting about that is that we did see some more plays, I felt like, at training camp where they did pitch to Pollard, and Zeke was the lead blocker. And yeah. I wonder if we're going to see any more of that, just because it does seem like they're going to find ways to get both on the field. I don't know if people are going to love that, because to me, I would try and sp- split the carries, because I'd want to try and keep these two dudes healthy you know, as long as I possibly can. But I'll believe it when I see it. I, I still think Zeke's the guy. I see a lot of fun stuff at training camp. I mean, there, yeah. there was a lot of cool plays, you know, pitching and back and forth, reverse, double right. reverse. I like all that. It's fun. I mean, I hope. I hope are are we going to see it in the game? That, no, 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 no. It's not just that because we we have seen some of that stuff in games, but it's seeing it in the games when it really counts, like against the really tough teams that you play against. Like we didn't see it very much against the 49ers in the playoff game, but there were times against the Eagles and things like that when this was running up to be the number one offense in the league, where you'd see them be a lot more creative. But when they played the better teams, it just always seemed like the creativity mm-hmm. kind of and, and, tightened. And, and, and I guess you know, you don't want to piggyback on that, but. It's a philosophy change, I guess. You know, we talk about they didn't run the ball well. They realize they didn't run the ball well. But it's also a mindset that you run the ball well because you chose not to. Like last year against Tampa. Yeah. 
They chose not to run the ball. Absolutely, right. Okay, they chose not to run the ball. And they absolutely chose the right thing. I understand that. They would have gotten blown out if they just run the ball. I understand that, but for the long haul, when you choose not to run the ball, then you you become a certain type of team, and they still were never able to run the ball in close situations, in red zone type situations. So, and, and that hurt them. Explosive as they were on offense, they didn't run the ball down close to the goal line. They didn't run it well. This year, you know, Mike McCarthy comes in and says, we have to run the ball against Tampa. Well, what's what's changed? Zach Martin being in the lineup, part of it. That's but, one thing. Yeah, but you, you know, on the other but, side. But so you, also yeah, the necessity with the you side. have to because you don't and have the receivers you had. You last don't year. have the receivers you have, and, and you have young linemen who can run block better than they pass block. That's just part of it, you know. But you also probably feel a lot better about your defense too than you did last year going into the season opener. Like you know what you have. With yeah. Defense. Well, and, and he said with track meet, so yeah. you don't think you go, they're going to slow Brady down in one bit track meet. So I don't know. Maybe they won't. If they can run the ball better than they did last year, I could see them. I mean, then that keeps Brady off the field, and then you trust your defense against him a lot more than you did last year going in the season opener. I want to bring up one tandem that I did think worked last year as far as running back committee and see what you guys think about possibly the Cowboys having the same thing. Um, Aaron Jones and, um, and and Dylan up there with, with the Packers. Um, Dylan, 803 yards last year um, on 187 carries. Aaron Jones, 171 uh, carries for 799 yards. And, of course, Jones is the, the pass-catching running back out there. Obviously, Green Bay threw it a lot more than they ran it, but that's what they did with the running backs in terms of how they utilize it. Do you think that is a comparison of what you'd like to see? Say no, okay. and, and the reason why I think that's a great point, but I I can I just don't ever compare this quarterback to that quarterback, and I just think that quarterback is completely different. That is the best thing that they do by far is throw the ball with Aaron Rodgers. So the running, who's there at the back, and all that stuff, it, you know, he doesn't even care whose receivers are. I mean, I don't know if he cares who the running backs are. I I mean, I think you're I think you're right with with by saying that. I like the comparison a couple years ago with Kamara and Ingram and all that, even though that quarterback was pretty pretty good too. I just I just think that I think the Cowboys still believe the best thing they do is run the ball. I think that they think that way. That's the way they want to play. So I don't know if I if I love the comparison of a Packer team that Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and hand the ball to the groundskeeper if that's who's behind him and throw it to whoever. You know, that's that's just the difference. Is I don't I don't like comparing. Well, Aaron Rodgers does it. But he's Totally. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I was just going to add real quick. I think it's possible if you tell me both guys are healthy all season, because everyone talks about Zeke being having the knee injury and not being right after week four. Tony Pollard had the plantar fasciitis, and he wasn't right towards the back end of the season either. If you tell me both those guys are healthy, I think both. I think that if if the offense is clicking, they could put up numbers like that. But what are the odds that they're both going to be healthy? Well, I mean, that, that's, you said the Cowboys be the best thing they do is run the ball. I think they think that way. Is their best offensive player not still Dak Prescott? Um, skill player? Yes, yeah, skill player. Uh, I mean, I know Zach Martin is their best offensive yeah, player. Um, yeah. I mean, yes. he, he, but don't you think the offensive line that they have and well, the that's moves the they made make you feel like they think, to Nick's point, that they are that they are run first as much as the fans might not want what? them to be? But every time Jerry Jones talks, it's all he talks about is I run first. That, like, but, I feel but, like they're built that way. They, me, he said they think. Is all I'm just going to Tell me, tell me. And and, and and I hate I hate to always be <laughs> negative, Nancy. But tell me, no, you don't. Tell me, yeah, you who, love it. Tell me who on the offensive line other than Zach Martin is a dominant run blocker. Oh no, I agree with you. I'm just saying. I that, mean, so not a dominant dominant run blocker. I'm saying that they do that probably better than they pass block. Right, but that's like 
Well, go ahead. What? How, it's like what? I'm not even close. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It was in the. It was in the uh, training camp uh, press conference. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? <laughs> Don't Jerry Jones me, sir. <laughs> so, so, so uh, you, you definitely have, have hung out with him enough. Like you were one step ahead of him. You knew exactly yeah, what yeah, he was no. saying. <laughs> I mean, don't do that to me. Yeah, don't not, do that to me. Don't get me in trouble. I, I, I didn't really the little people in America is not going to call me, oh, okay? Oh, jeez. But anyway, I'm just saying, though, that, yes, <laughs> they, they may run block, but is, 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 is your center a dominant run blocker? No. Is he not. a special run no, blocker? he's not. Connor McGovern, you know, he couldn't beat out Connor Williams last year. Yeah. You know, to, to say that we they run it best and, and, and you know, how— no, I didn't say they No, but it could I, be bad on the pass side. That's all I'm saying. That's the, <laughs> it could be. To me, the, one of the biggest problems of this team has been the arrogance of thinking we are big boy football. We're going to line up in two tight ends, and these are these tight ends are glorified receivers anyways, and so we're going to just go in the 12 personnel, and we're going to jumbo this thing up, and we're going to be big on big, and guess what? We're not bigger than you, and we don't run you over, and then therefore it's third and one, and now we're kicking a field goal on fourth down because we didn't make it. When my point about Aaron Rodgers is, is that on third and one, he probably is going to spread him out and find a receiver and, and make a play. Like, and so I think the Cowboys still feel like they are this Frederick Martin Tyron type of run right. team, and they're really they're not. not. They're, they're not. Right. They're so not. that's, you know, the coaches have said it for years. Know your team. Figure out who your team is and coach accordingly. Okay. So here's the question: Are they lying to themselves? I think I think they have in the past. We they're they're zero and zero right now, so we we don't we don't know if all that trickery, fun you know stuff, the hitch and pitch cool stuff. If they if they play that way and Turpin's going to get in there, then yeah, then I think that they're saying this is how we have to win. But I I don't think they can just line up and say we have McGovern and Biotis, we're running you over because I don't think that's going to work. No, that no, it won't work. <laughs> I'm just looking at more of the standpoint of that's not going to work. I just think that that will be. Less bad than what it potentially could be if you're just dropping back and you think you're going to throw 40 times because I just think that there's some pass rushers over there that your offensive linemen aren't really matching up with great in week one. Maybe later in the season when some people get some seasoning and they and they work together a little bit. But now you flip it over there, they're, they're not exactly running out here. They're with the offensive line that, that's uh, that they no, should and, be and, and they're and they're weak in they, the they spot. Got- that you want to be weak in. Uh, that if you're the opponent, you want them to be weak in, and that's up the middle against I Tom wish. Brady. Because if you can get Tom Brady off his spot, like if Tom Brady can pick, I remember I remember Romo was like this a little bit, where it was like he would he was saying after they drafted Frederick that and, and Martin, it was like he'd rather you had a little bit better protection on the inside, so he's not immediately as soon as the ball snapped, there's somebody in his face. Brady's the same way. And so this could be a huge game for the, the gonna, Cowboys defensive tackles, to your point, because of their offensive line injuries. I want to take it here, and, and I hate to, to really compare it this way, but I just wonder if we went to the like public library and the old microfish or whatever and, mm-hmm. and pulled, the, fish, yeah. pulled the 85 Chicago Tribune out, like notebook at camp, and says, this O-line oh, oh, so is struggling at camp. They can't block anyone. They can't do anything. I'm not calling them the 85 Bears. I'm just saying I think this defense could be very special. I wonder if the 2000 Ravens, did they kind of like, I don't know, our offensive line can't block these guys. Like, could it be like what we're seeing on the other side? Like, this could be something kind of special? No. What, you don't think? No. They, they, they can't be special. What I'm saying is, Michael I Parsons. think the defense can be special. But, yes, yeah, but, but what I'm that. saying is, I don't think it's based on what we've seen in camp from the Cowboys offensive yeah, line. Because those them. guys weren't special. Right. Every, you know, That's not the barometer. You know, I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, this offensive line is not the barometer. Because, you know, McGovern and... And, and Beattis, they they didn't get got ran over last year by 
other teams. You're starting five out there on Sunday and spend one time at training camp together. Right. So we can't right. even yeah. we can't even use that. That's what, as, that's, as, what, as a that's kind of my point though. That, that's kind of that's my point though is that so you're you're basing this all off of what you saw last year, like this this last year, like Steele and those guys just what what we saw last year. That they couldn't block it. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, with I'm, just, I'm saying just saying that I don't know that we can base the fact that the Cowboys' defense line is special based on what they're doing to the Cowboys' offensive line because the Cowboys' right. offensive line has not shown that they are even average. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm flipping it. I'm saying, can we? Can you show right now that the offensive line isn't that good based off of this defense because the defense could be special? I'm not. I'm not taking it the other way. Okay. Uh, no, just because I think you know. Again. Presumably three new starters we've never seen. Uh, uh, the guys we've seen, and in, in based on what we've seen in the, in the past, I don't know that we're basing it on the defense. I just think it's based on their history. And, Every and, and time unknowns. that Steele struggled at camp, and there were some times, I always felt like 11 was just standing there next to Dak, like, sack. You know, and I'm like, okay, you'd like for him to be better, but you also like, okay. I mean, like, I think this is the best defensive player in football other than Aaron Donald. I mean, uh, that, that happened in Denver. I, I was over there specifically watching the, the Cowboy defense in Denver. It was the same thing. You know, he's, you know, he's just right there he's with just Russ. He's just right there with Russ. He's like, right hey, there man. with Russ. So, so yes, he can be special. But when I just look at this Cowboys offensive line, I just look at it right now. I, I, I don't have a good feel for it yeah. because they haven't played. You, and I just think it's this is too hard of a league. You don't have a good feel or a good feeling or both? Uh, both. Right. But, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, it's, it's funny because the, the thing that we liked about the old offensive line that was the, the foundation of their success, you know, under Romo is because they had pedigree, you know, mm-hmm. three first-round picks, four guys who should have been first-round picks. Yeah. And they were players at, at the top of their game, you know. Uh, Steele is not better than Leo Collins at his best. He wasn't better than Leo Collins last year based on what they saw because they put Collins back in there. Uh, so there's just a ceiling on how good these guys can be based yeah. on their resume, based on what we know. And, and, and we continually compare when the Cowboys were good, when they were running good, they were the offensive line led them. That offensive line was special. Yeah. There, there's not. also with those offensive lines too, yeah, obviously Tyron and Zach and Travis are, are talented, but – it also seemed like they were able to put a lot of games together, like and have some cohesiveness. Well, like this one, I mean, you, yeah. Even if they were, even if they were, the problem is they haven't had a chance to play together. Yeah, right. They haven't played together. They haven't played a preseason game together. Now, I will say this on a one positive note before we go to break: you do not have to have a special group of guys to get to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati's group was not good. Joe Burrow went down fifty times last year, and the Rams. It was it was an issue all year long. Whitworth was hurt. They put uh, the TCU kid Noteboom out there at left tackle. They did enough to figure it out, and, and, and McVay schemed it up enough. They were able to go win a Super Bowl, but neither one of those offensive lines for the Rams, I mean, Anthony Munoz wasn't on, on that offensive line for, for the Bengals, and neither was Jackie That's Slater. For the Rams. You know, it's Cowboys, because one, one criticism I've always had, you know, even in the past was, you know, it seemed like in Dallas you had to have five pro bowlers on the offensive line for them to do something. You know, that was all the stuff. Because everybody's like, you got 
you got four pro bowlers or four potential pro bowlers, four first-round picks, but we always limited left guard. Yeah, but if Connor Williams was better, you know, it was like you got Zach, you got Tyron, yeah. but everybody would blame everything on Connor Williams, and everybody across the league is playing with a Connor Williams and getting to the Super Bowl, but yet in Dallas, Connor Williams was the one holding them back, you know, when you got all these guys. So Literally. To, your, to your point, you're right, but the difference is on those teams – the skill guys made a difference. The quarterback made a difference. Those you scheme guys, it up. you got to scheme it up. No, and you, you absolutely can. And I also think you have to add in there, Cowboys fans have a lot of PTSD from the Chaz Green situation. So anytime anybody else, that's not going to happen again. Because what's going to happen is they're going to bring somebody else out there to give help. Right. Just, and, and what it's going to lead to is it's going to be some boring offense. Right. Because there's not going to be so much you can do. But they are not going to leave was, Tyler Smith out on island that like was that. Scott Linehan. That was Scott Linehan. That was, that was coaching malfeasance. And, and again, I hear you say that, but you know, just talking to Nate Newton, he said they're gonna have to need they need help inside. Yeah, you know? so then that, that's what I'm saying. Like it's gonna be boring because you're gonna have to have extra tight ends in there. Zeke's gonna have yeah, to stay in the block. Have, so have, you know, you can't just say I'm gonna help Tyler sure. because they need help inside. Yeah, for Vita Vea. Yeah, let's there see. you go. You got it. Let's yeah, good job. Let, let's hit a break. Guy. Let's hit a break. <laughs> Our final break, and I want to get into uh, Michael Parsons, who spoke today uh, in the locker room right here on the Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com radio. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Here from the star, Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. He's Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star Telegram, and we've got John Machota of The Athletic talking about the Cowboys getting ready to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on NBC5 Sunday Night Football. I'm excited. Game one is going to be 90,000 people here. Savannah Guthrie from the Today Show is coming down. So, I mean, this is, you know, NBC's putting a whole lot behind this one here. So, um, it's the first one, man. And I was talking to Chris Collinsworth last week. I was like, you're back here doing this game one more time. He said, hey, it was that good last year. We wanted it again. So here it is, Tom Brady and company one more time. And piggybacking, Nick, a little bit off what we heard from the break today, Micah Parsons last year in that Tampa Bay game spoke about how, you know, I wasn't really that good. And I come back into this thought process, we forget Micah didn't play football the year before. Right. So now he's got a whole year under his belt. Man knows what to do. Number 12, going to have to look out for number 11 yeah, in this and, game. And wow. I, I think that's also Micah being Micah. He, he was pretty good in that opener. I, I, honestly, for, though, well, not, You know, everybody's really. got to stand. Everybody's he wasn't bad. I mean, stand. Stand. He, he wasn't was Micah at the end because we didn't, cause they didn't unleash him like that. But, right. Be, but he went sideline to sideline. He was pretty good. He flashed a lot in that opening. He, he, right. He was pretty good. And, and, and you're right. He went sideline to sideline. It was the week two against the Chargers when they realized going north is where is where it really works. And and I think that's something that he wasn't – Brady wasn't right, I'm smelling saying, Micah right, I'm Parsons gonna, like he probably will. I guess will. what I'm addressing I, – I agree that he's going to have more impact because mm-hmm. they're using him different. I'm disagreeing. I'm talking about Micah acting like he had a bad game. Yeah. Well, he's, he <laughs> feels that way. But that's, that's his standard. Right, and he feels that, that way because there was that second half, I think it was in the fourth quarter, when Tom went and threw in the flat and, and Micah was on Leonard Fournette and Micah should have picked that thing and would have put, taken it back to the house and that would have been the game winner. And and he knows that he should have made that play and that and that bo- bothers him and that's a play that he will make now. You know that, And then also there was like a lot of smack talk going on between him and Leonard Fournette. I remember him saying that after a game that, like, that was like kind of surprising how much Leonard Fournette was talking and that. So yeah, by his standards, he doesn't think no, that No, I agree. Like I'm that. just saying that dude, you, I mean, I still watch Micah and I was impressed with he, what he did as a rookie in his first game. Last but year. The man's got a higher standard here. So he spoke in the locker room today. I got to miss it. So what was said from uh, number 11? Hey, real quick though. Let me just add this in here. All right. So you mentioned that thing about NBC sending everything out here. So I just have to mention this, okay? Mm-hmm. Last year's season opener, all right? It's a Thursday night, by the way. It was last year Thursday night, okay. this year Thursday night. So okay, it, honestly, it could be it could be in the middle of the day on a Friday. I it's a Braves. Dallas Cowboys. That was the sixth most watched regular season game last year. Fifteenth most watched TV program. In, in in all of TV programming last year, like who wouldn't want to have Cowboys, Bucks, Tom Brady? Like oh. it's a marquee. Anytime the Cowboys are involved, it's going to be a huge game. Well, the, the networks fight right year in year out because they make the request to the league yeah. about you know who, who we want. So they're all trying to get those those Cowboy games. And NBC definitely has the juice because they Sunday Night Football is the number one television right. show in America. So nothing beats it. Not American Idol, nothing. Right. So they get the special juice. And I don't know, Nick, off the top of my head, but I'd probably say the Cowboys for probably the last six years have been on NBC the first or right. second week. I mean, they, there's always an NBC September game. They always have. And three. I feel like a lot of those are even like Cowboys Giants, which to me is nothing compared to. And, and, and 
I shouldn't say that because isn't it Cowboys Giants this year on Thanksgiving? I think it is, for, and, that, for, okay. and that'll be one of the top five most watched TV. But this programs was back when year. the Giants had Eli and they True. were winning. And it was True. still so you know. So I mean, remember it was the remember the, we went up there to the Meadowlands that one year Wednesday when uh, the Giants had won the Super Bowl, and it was yeah, it was like a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday night, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's they, they do, every year. You get three, the max three, mm-hmm. and every year the Cowboys have three of them on there. And a right. flex later on. Right. Like, like they did the Tampa game, they got the flex. So if the Cowboys are good. Yeah. So let, so if it's December and the Cowboys are good and they're looking at, okay, who are they playing? Can we figure out a way? And yeah. it was almost like a back-to-back. Was it the Jameis one? It was a back-to-back. The last yeah. time Tampa was here, I want to yeah. say, was so, – so they're going to find a way. One year, I think it was the year that uh, – it was the Tony, Tony uh, Seattle game. The Cowboys run five times on NBC that year. Yeah. So um, to, to answer your question though about Micah, I'll, I'll say the best thing about Micah is that you know I go off of listening to like what Tom Brady says going into this Cowboys game, and it's very like it's exactly what Bill Belichick would say. You know, very boring. I'll be complimentary of you, but it's gonna be very boring complimentary stuff. Like Dak Prescott, he's been a good player for several years. I like watching him, but there's like nothing else to it. It's just very then he goes down the line and it's like next for CeeDee Lamb, you know, is is a good receiver and and he can do a lot of things. Defense, they have Micah Parsons, he's a good player. Not really whatever, you know. So you get Micah Parsons and he's obviously a great quote. He's not going to go out there and throw out any type of bulletin board material and say, like, hey, you know what? I think Tom Brady's old and he's overrated. So he's going to be complimentary of him. But he says things like this. You know, I've seen the Hulk get beat up. I've seen Thor get beat up. I've seen Captain America get beat up. But they always get back up and find a way to get, get, their, get to their destination. Tom Brady gets beat up, and he gets back up, too. He gets beat up, and he gets back up, too. Like, so he's comparing him to a superhero. Like, you didn't need to say all that. But, like, Micah Parsons always, like, just finds, like, some type of interesting way to basically sit there and say, like, I'm not going to give you guys stuff about how we know that the inside of their offensive line is weak, and I'm going to be over there way more than you guys. Just wait till you see something. What, what, what do you benefit from giving out your game plan like that? But when I see him stand, I'm like, I bet you Micah's going to be lining up over the nose a lot more than he normally is because of how weak they are there. Why would you say that, though? And I think he does a great job of still keeping it interesting. Though. Well, if you want to use back a quote, I mean, let's just look at him on Tom Brady. We got to get him out of this league. He's been dominating this league for too long. He keeps coming, uh, coming back. You know, he talked. He has that fire. The ice cream tune going off again he, over there, Clarence, on yes. your phone. He calls him. A, he said he wants to step on your throat, and you're like a roach. Yeah. You know, just I mean, he just had some great stuff. Did he compare him to Kobe and Michael yeah. Jordan and Mike Tyson? And and you know, he's always a great interview. Yeah. Best interview on the team? Yeah, it's got to uh, be for for the relative, you know, the relevant players that they're going to put out there like that in the in the press conference. Yes, I mean, because Dak says nothing. Dak yeah. doesn't say anything purposely. But what yeah. quarterback can? I want to understand that, spot. but he says nothing. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the best quote for the the guys that you're going to talk to all hey, the time. Hey, really. you guys have been around this team a lot longer than me. For me personally, I think Tyler Smith. Like the best quote of any offensive lineman I've talked to ever, and I wonder if that's no, going to change. Not ever. I wonder if that's going to change. Like I wonder because offensive linemen are generally not Big supposed Nate? to say very much. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Big yeah, Nate, yeah. Nate. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you who else I, was. Great. I mean, obviously he is now. I didn't cover him though yeah. when he was playing. Yeah, no, was I, he, I what, forgot. I was Nate. saying was he was he like as good as he is now uh, while he was playing? Nate was good. I remember one time, man. Uh, I mean, first off, Nate used to call folks out in the media. 
I yeah. mean, he called me fat one time. He was like, oh, look at you. Well, you're getting, getting big. So he told me I was getting fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nate had the same personality, but, yeah, he was oh, he, he was prickly. Yeah. I mean, I can prickly, see it yeah. with him now, but uh, I just – you Nate, know how it is with those offensive line. When we were talking earlier – And early, the thing about Nate, Nate's a gentle bear now. Yeah. That, you know, in the past he was a gentle bear, but he also could, could get ugly with you too. Yeah. He got ugly one time <laughs> with, with a reporter from Channel 8 named Susie Williams because uh. they were talking about Nate – um, and money, just like, hey, they can't pay everybody with salary cap. And so Susie Woodham said that, you know, she kind of went through numbers and said, well, Nate can take less. And so he started calling her salary cap Susie. <laughs> oh, look, look, it was salary cap Susie. Uh, Nate was good. Kevin Gogan was a really, because he didn't care. Yeah. Kevin Gogan was a great quote before he went out to the Raiders. One of the so. funniest guys that has ever been with the Cowboys is Andre Gerard. Like, if you really get him talking, like, Andre was said some of the funniest things I've ever heard. And um, now, you know, they all get caught up, and there's always that one guy that's like, we don't talk, we're right. offensive linemen, and then they all get caught up in that. He shut it down because yeah. Andre was good, and I, then your boy Columbo shut it all yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Tyler because he's – I mean, he's not saying anything that's that's going to put you in a bad spot. It just he, he just gives really good thought, thoughtful answers. That's all I – I mean – Yeah, no, that's the thing about Tyler is he does give thoughtful answers. And, yeah. You know, I, I think I've said it before. I don't know that I've seen a first-round pick – who has come in here just from a media standpoint is as impressive as, as, as Tyler Smith, especially somebody who came from a small school, you know, who certainly didn't get a lot of interviews at, 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 at Tulsa and North Crowley. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think it, cause I was he's always a smart guy. He's obviously a smart guy, but I always wonder too, with guys that, you know, cause I'm not originally from here, like is the whole Dallas Cowboys star thing, not as big of a deal like to overcome or be a part of because you're, you've grew up around it. You know, or no, I just think it's him. It's his nature because I mean, you I, look at Zeke. I, and Zeke is a rookie. Zeke was not near the, the interview and, and, and yeah. as thoughtful with his answers For sure. as a guy. And, and I'm sure he was interviewed hundreds more times than Tyler Smith yeah. over the course of his career. But he was not like Tyler Smith, you know. Yeah. And, and just the way he comes in and just just it's so easy with it. Finance yeah. major too, so you know. And, and people. I'll say this too about Zach Martin. I think Zach's been a lot better. With, with Frederick gone because Frederick was the one that was always like, we don't really need to talk to the media. But I think Zach has kind of taken on that role about being like one of the, the, the older guys on this team. I mean, he'll say some pretty good things, you know, now and again too. And he talked a lot in Notre Dame. I mean, they, they yeah. have those guys out there all the time. Hey, fun stuff, fun stuff. John Choda, appreciate you coming in here. Nick Eatman, thank you for getting in here. And dog team, Clarence Hill. Oh, boy, yeah. Where are you watching that beating at on, on Saturday? Uh, Austin. Going? Oh, you going? Yeah, I'm going. Will it be better than the Florida State LSU game that John went to? Will they get beat like they? I did hope the it's National that close. I, I pray it's that close. <laughs> I pray it comes down to the last play of the game. Will Quinn yeah. get the Colt McCoy treatment from Nick Saban? So anyway, we'll talk about that next time on Media Mash right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?